This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you. Whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives, you'll find it all here. How was a convicted paedophile given free access to the internet, all while behind bars? That's the question Claire Mawisa wanted an answer to after we were told about a well-known modeling agent running a business from his cell. Following several red flags, some of his employees felt compelled to speak up. And boy, are we grateful they raised the alarm, because the facts we uncovered were truly stranger than fiction. In 2021, at the height of lockdown, a publishing company, SPM Publishers International, or SPMPI for short, began to draw attention. While other businesses were crumbling, SPMPI was hiring. It was a startup filled with promise, especially during a global pandemic. The brainchild of one man, Michael O'Connor. It was during the time of COVID, things that were normal were not normal. And people were needing money. Davlin Lidbetter, a businesswoman and former editor of major publications, including Forbes Women Africa, spotted an opportunity. I was actually a stay-at-home mom. I was not doing anything that was keeping me energized. I said, the position is for me. I am your business partner. They talked on LinkedIn and then on WhatsApp. Davlin was hired to head up his online magazines, but she wasn't the only one to seize an opportunity. I applied and then he sent me a DM. A woman who we'll call Catherine applied for the position of editor. After losing her job during the pandemic, this was a welcome lifeline. I was immediately added to the WhatsApp groups on the executive board groups and I met everyone, and that same night we had a Zoom meeting. But for a man she'd never met before, her new boss O'Connor seemed strangely shy. He never turned on his camera in Zoom meetings. And Catherine wasn't the only one with questions. I never got to see his face. Lukeman Sampson, the editor of O'Connor's second magazine, Elevation Business Magazine, also never spoke to O'Connor face to face. So we had some meetings, but in those meetings, he never appeared. So he said his camera was broken. There was a possible clue to O'Connor's true identity, a polished photograph in his editor's column. But something about it didn't feel right to Devlin. So we decided to build a profile based on his social media. We can see that he's a businessman, definitely religious, a Christian, it seems. He's a supporter of former US President Donald Trump, an expert in photography and parenting. There were times when he would just disappear for a period of time. I got a story that he was involved in a car accident, that he didn't have any petrol money, and that is when he questions to me to please send money to assist him. Meanwhile, employees weren't getting paid. 
whenever we spoke about money, he will get passionate and quite annoyed with us. So we will get a memo stating that not everything is about money. But for Devlin, it was O'Connor's close friendship with one Darvi de Villiers which truly troubled her. Darvi de Villiers is a man you may remember. For years, he masqueraded as the head of a modeling agency in Gauteng until a carte blanche investigation revealed a pedophile preying on young girls. He was convicted on 25 counts, including rape, child molestation, fraud, and exposing a child to pornography. In 2019, the court ordered that de Villiers spend the rest of his life in a maximum security prison. According to his employees, it was clear from the get-go that O'Connor thought that his friend Darby was innocent. So in the very beginning, he had mentioned that he had a very close friend who the justice system had failed. According to Davlin, O'Connor often spoke of de Villiers. The two had many things in common, like a love for young models. So much so that O'Connor even started a third magazine, the Global Fashion Magazine, a raunchy new publication inspired by Heat and FHM. I told him I'm not comfortable with this. And then I was told that sex sells and that he will get his own team to do GFM. The very next day, I see that he had registered GFM and he was posting on the company group with a call to action for models to send photographs in to become the model face of the first issue of GFM. This sounded uncomfortably familiar. It was the same modus operandi that de Villiers had once used to lure his child victims. After losing one court application after the other to get out of prison, and with only the expensive constitutional court left as recourse, de Villiers' good friend O'Connor was all too eager to help him. He had asked me, please, could I rather, instead of paying him the money, could I pay the money to Davi de Villiers' wife? Because shame, she is alone, he's in jail. With strong ties to a known convict, some employees finally approached carte blanche to investigate their boss, someone who until now was faceless. So, who was Michael O'Connor really? A reverse image search online and a consultation with a graphics specialist revealed some startling details. A photograph of the man known as Michael O'Connor was in fact a composition photo of Scottish actor David Tennant. But it seems that his jawline has been photoshopped. O'Connor's true identity was a mystery. When you started to ask questions, he went absolutely berserk and screamed and shouted and belittled. Everybody is terrified and that is also a way in which he intimidated people. Then a new advocate for Davi de Villiers emerged, a journalist named David Cooper, based in the Netherlands. Cooper launched an online campaign to clear de Villiers' name. But during our investigation, a troubling picture began to emerge. We analyzed Cooper's picture and found that this was actually a depiction of overseas actor Michael Tari. I know how it works. They want proof of, proof of address. 
No, but you've got to have an ID somewhere. Like, do, like, when you were born, you were registered. I know how to work. The audio files through the software, very advanced software, registers the frequencies of the voice. Each person has got his own frequency. It's like a fingerprint. Voter to Swart is an accomplished forensic investigator. We supplied voice notes of both de Villiers and O'Connor to de Swart and his colleague, who has decades-long experience in forensic voice comparison. And after repeated tests, it was concluded that data file B and data file C is exactly the same voice as data file A. It is the same person, David de Villiers. Professor Annie Hesselink is a criminologist who analyzes criminal behavior. They get themselves into a position where they can maneuver and continue with their behavior, where they get themselves liked, where they can get access to objects like a laptop, like they need to study. But we wanted more proof. Dr. Karin Vandenberg, a forensic linguist, analyzed and compared texts written by de Villiers, O'Connor, and the journalist David Cooper to determine if they were indeed the same man. So, Davi has a preference of using all caps to express himself emotionally. And I found similar patterns in both Michael and Cooper's writing. Dr. Vandenberg did a hand and statistical computer analysis. Her analysis corroborated all our findings. Here we have an example where the end of sentence punctuation is not a full stop, an exclamation mark, a question mark, but ellipses. You're actually building a case on so many similarities on top of one exactly. another. Yeah. Right. So it's collective evidence. I can say that I am 95% certain that these profiles do not differ to the extent that they can be identified as three individual um, people. And there was more. According to the Department of Correctional Services, prisoners are not permitted to take a laptop into their cells and mobile phones are strictly forbidden. Except for David de Villiers. In 2021, de Villiers obtained a court order compelling correctional services to give back his confiscated laptop while he studied a course abroad. You know, I had a lot of aggression. I had a lot of, oh, I get tearful. Just... That man is ruining people's lives. He's hiring women that have got children that they need to feed and he's lying. We approached the authorities with our evidence. Then, in the week before broadcast, correctional services raided de Villiers' cell. They found contraband and some items that are not permitted, including SD cards, a hard drive, a cell phone and a data SIM card. They also confiscated the study laptop. This is where the power of manipulation plays a big role where there might be more than just him involved in the situation to have that access. Two fake personas and one very real pedophile. The investigation continues.
Following our investigation, the Department of Correctional Services says a court order forced them to provide de Villiers with a laptop and internet access. This to complete his studies. However, with authorities having recently confiscated contraband, including hard drives, cell phones and SIM cards, we hope he remains offline for the foreseeable future. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to ensure you don't miss a single episode. In the meantime, why not rate and review us? We love getting your feedback.